everybody. You're listening to Life Chat Radio right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure that you connect with all of our social media outlets, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Everything is Life Chat Radio, and we'll be right back. Thinking I won't better know better Know that I bet I do, y'all Kill him, ooh Sell my shoes and take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese with the money. Say I won't bring my own bottle of Pellegrino to the movies with me. Say I won't. Look, I'm from an era of fans living in mass terror. Boys covered in cover girls like mascara. I don't need to keep a gun and a mask ever. I still make them put their hands up. Ask Derek. My road manager damage all of you amateurs sneaking up on a tour bus with a demo to handle us. When I was younger, I just wanted a chain. Now a chain of events has afforded a change. Yeah. See, I've been a rebel since back in the day. I don't follow the people. I follow the leader through valleys, the shadows of death, and I'm fearing no evil. So say I won't do it. Say I won't turn the music up and get to it. Won't come down each time, all the way to daytime in the old school drop top Buick. And I'm getting maybe eight or nine miles to the gallon. Still feeling like a stallion. I got Andy riding shotgun with 30 gold chains on. Talking about he Italian. Say I won't go drop a double album and rap double time on all dubstep and got no producers, just me rocking over beatboxing by Dougie Fresh. Say I won't. Why y'all scared to be different?
Go? Oh, let me go get in the flow. Let me find out that I am a poet and I ain't even know it. And you ain't even know. You ain't even know? Well, y'all got a talent, he say. Let me get out of me way. Now I'm so serious by working me gift work. I'm starting to sound like a slave talking. That rat check could probably make me some cheddar. But I want it packaged up in something that's better. What's that? Oh, I thought you never asked, so let me tell you. Let me define. I want it divine. So divine, no Loretta. You're waiting to excel, surpass or exceed. You don't believe you have the affirmation that you need. That used to be me. I used to write it in my journal. Till I realized that everything I needed was internal. So that business, new profit, new book, new diet. Wanna try it? Go, go like DC. You got it. That's probably where your wealth is. That's hitting truth with no Tupac Like how your soul gon' prosper And you not I know what I wanna be Know what I wanna achieve But really I don't know if anybody else believe I want me some confirmation You give me a little peace That's what I was waiting on But God gave me release He said go What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Chat Radio. What's up, Felicia? Hi, Esther. <laughs> so we have new headphones today, and I'm trying to figure them out. It's <laughs> kind of hard to hear. 
Can you hear? <laughs> I can hear you delightfully. Okay, awesome. Welcome everybody to Live Chat Radio. We're here for another week, so welcome that means back. We're doing okay, huh? Listen, <laughs> uh, this is week number four. We're doing the thing. I don't know what kind of thing that is, but we're doing it. Hopefully, somebody is listening to it. I haven't convinced my mama to listen to me yet. I can't believe your mom is not listening. <laughs> what in the world? I think she doesn't know how to use the internet. Mama, stop it. Mom we broke the you. internet. We need you. We need listen. you, mom. We need your feedback. My mom is hyper opinionated too. I'm sure she'll be able to offer some words of kindly advice. <laughs> I can't wait to hear those words of kindly advice. Actually, <laughs> man. So what's been going on for the weekend? Like we have a, a lot of things going on on the show today. But we have some great recap. things going on on the on the what are we the, the show? The show. <laughs> we are the show. I'm sorry. I'm working on this coffee. I bought a new coffee maker for us today. It's really good too. Yeah. Is it working out good for you? Mm -hmm. We got headphones. We got coffee. We got life. We got chat. We got <laughs> we got radio. We, we got, got radio. Okay, hey, I got one for you that I'm totally throwing out there, and I haven't told you about it yet. But I said just a second ago that my mom broke the internet, but somebody else broke the internet. Ooh. I think last night. Did you see Madonna fall off the stage last night? No. <laughs> What stage? Okay, so Madonna was at the Brit Awards or something like that, and she was getting ready to do her set, and she had on this long, long cape, and one of her dancers yanked her down, and she, her butt came tumbling down some stairs. Serious? It was so brilliant. Madonna. <laughs> no, I missed that. How did I miss that? I'm sure it will be all on social media Don't worry today. about it, and if you can't find it, just come talk to me. Yeah, I'll lead you to I'm it. I'm sure I can just Google it. If you just Google Madonna, it comes up at the top right now. Oh, Madonna. <laughs> Poor she, Madonna. She's so, like, creative with her stuff so i know bless her heart everybody Sorry. falls though that's deep we fall down <laughs> you just went kojic you I got did. the deep vibrato down we get up we gotta get up let me hear falls. that kojic one more time artists, everybody falls oh i mean seriously like, yeah it, i seen a clip on youtube and it was like 20 different artists that they had just rotating how they f they fail like it was it literally happened. falling literally not like falling hypothetically or theoretically they literally, <laughs> no, literally. like madonna like, like when madonna. madonna took the tumble yeah you, God, you know, gotta Kirk watch fell that on, fell off the uh, stage too kirk yes kirk, kirk franklin yeah i can't believe that kirk ago, fell kirk down fell off the <laughs> side of the stage like for real for real uh who else beyonce fell beyonce's hair got caught in the fan did you see that what I don't know if that was recent. Oh, I don't know if that was recent, but I was, you know, social media. I was on yeah, something and her hair got caught in the fan and she just pulled it out and kept it rocking. This, listen, these headphones, I don't know what's going on with them. It's um, new. Anyway, <laughs> they're so new. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about Be the Change today, everybody. Um, so again, thank you for tuning in. And our topic for um, this whole session is just, you know, social change and how to actually be at the forefront of that change individually, right? As individually, well collectively. collectively, within groups. And, you know, this whole idea got inspired. We were inspired by, uh, and I say inspired like it was this deep, I know, <laughs> thing. And it wasn't really deep at all. So like, not it's not like I was inspired to be the change I want to see in the world. Oh. Hashtag Mahatma Gandhi. Like, it wasn't that it at, was not all. at all. Was no, I just noted a trend. Like, everybody was talking about change. Like, John Legend was talking talking about change yeah on the oscars yeah did right? you see them in their whole little yeah, um, glory I tribute it. i loved it i loved it like I, first of all i'm a common fanatic listen that's my bae just in case anyone <laughs> doesn't know but it's common know that you are his bae it doesn't matter oh okay i know all right then okay. okay you channeling your inner i'm telling him Queen right Latifah. now because i know he's listening just right hopefully <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's totally my bad. But anyway, so his his speech and John Legend's speech was definitely about social change. I mean, the the quote that or the statistic that John Legend quoted about um, there's more black men in prison right now, which is crazy, than there were in yeah. slavery in in 1890. Like, that's how wacky. ridiculous is that? That's you know, it's, check. it's one of those things that's hard to realize. But when you start to think about it, you, you got to know that that has got to be true. Yeah, it totally know? makes sense, though. It yeah. totally makes sense, especially with the lack of the presence of black men right now in today's society. Like Single women keep wondering where they are. Yeah. And John Legend just told, he just us. told us that most of them are in prison in Bahamas. Well, hi, dog. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really sad. Yeah. And, you know, you, people want to say, well, who do you blame for that? Do you blame the family? Do you blame the church? Do you blame the man? Do you blame right. their upbringing? From where does that come? So we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we definitely so want to talk about that. You had that. John Legend talking about social change. You had. Um, Patricia Arquette, who made a big, uh, she made a kind of not a big to do, but she mentioned the fact that women have been vying for equal pay and both in Hollywood and abroad, right. you know, for years. And so right. you got the black man, black people in general, you got uh, woman, women. Yeah. Um, and then you have the guy who the director who won uh, the imitation game, who mm -hmm. talked about how uh, he used to be labeled as the weirdo when he was growing up. And so he wrote an entire entire movie based on a guy back in World War Two who was basically demonized for the fact that he was homosexual. Mm -hmm. And so they gave him these pills and these hormones in order to help him to change and he ended up committing suicide. Wow. And so you had all kinds of you know yeah. actors directors taking their platform and the opportunity at the oscars and i didn't know like is that a normal thing do people normally do that at the oscars or did it seem like hyper you it was, know yeah it was it was extra intentional not even extra but it was very intentional this time and i think that that's a wise decision because if you have that type of platform you have millions of people that are watching you yeah. yeah and listening to you at one time like why not utilize that space and and advocate for what you believe in. I know. It's got to take some guts. I wonder if I were given yeah. that same kind of platform, would I advocate for whatever it is that I am passionate about? I'm passionate about like a billion uh, different things. Right. Me too. Yeah, All right, sure. then. But I would totally use it. You I think mean, so? why not? Because that's the best way to get the message out. So what happens after you get the message out? You got all these actors and, you know, the other complaint is, well, they're going to use this chance to say what they're going to say. But what are they going to do now that they've said it? Are they going to do anything? Does anything happen now? What happens next? Who takes the baton and keeps on going? Or does the conversation just stop with, here's how I feel about this thing. I'm going to carry on and write my songs. You know? No, no, I totally disagree. I think that the, the opportunity for them to present that basically calls people to action. And so what happens is that when people hear truth then it's up to them to really make that specific change so if i'm telling people, make that change <laughs> see, that's your that's your <laughs> coming out i know you have some that's my baptist old school that's hallelujah that's the one isn't it that's the one i love this <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's all about really trying to get people to again to the call of action to really get people involved and the only way to do that is to tell people truth and then it's up to them to really take on you know the next the next step to whether get involved you know con 
contact them via social media and figure out what's going on and how they can actually be a part of the change. Yeah, I guess we're taking the next step. Look at us carrying the baton. We are carrying holding the baton. a conversation. Come on, conversation. chatting about it on life chat. We're hashtag. Talking about, we're talking about life on life chat. Isn't today. that deep? Yeah. Okay. So I, I wanted to talk about something too. Um, just because, first of all, I'm a natural sister. You're a natural sister too, right? I know you wouldn't be able to tell up under all of this you, heat on my hair right now. <laughs> she is a natural sister. Judge we're not, all friends. natural sisters. And um, something happened this weekend in kind of um, in correlation with the Oscars as well with Zendaya. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but she basically wore faux locks to the Oscars. And if you don't they know were what cute. faux locks, they were so cute. If you don't know what faux locks are, they're basically like fake dreadlocks. They look like um, Lisa Bonet hair. Uh-huh. That's exactly how that was her inspiration. That's a she good that. descriptor. Yeah, Lisa they look Bonet. like Lisa Bonet hair. That's exactly <laughs> what they look like. And um, so anyway, th- I think this is not necessarily the first time that someone has walked the red carpet with locks, but specifically uh, with her age group and just the type of attention that she's getting right now in the media. You know, it was like a shocker for some reason that she came on the red carpet with locks. Why? So, well, why is that shocking? It. I don't understand. It's like it. somebody has not been paying attention to the fact that people are now wearing well not even now it's been yeah, it's around been forever it's why was that shocking literally, it's literally been around forever yeah like just going back to like the origination of locks and dreads and stuff like that like it's been around for ages and centuries it's weird that and it was a thing yeah but it's a thing because people are not used to seeing it on the red carpet on tv when it comes to weird where you know, are we yeah we yeah we're in 2015 and people are tripping about that so anyway um one of the hosts for fashion police juliana uh navick is it navick rancic rancic i was like who are you talking about (laughs) juliana rancic made a comment yes from fashion police fashion police and she basically said that her hair looked like or she said that she looked like she smelled like patchouli oil and weed (laughs) wow that is so Rude. Who says that? She did. Juliana said that. Now, actually. I haven't I haven't seen the clip. I haven't listened to it. So yeah. tell me about it like in reference. Like So, you know, they show the picture of uh-huh. each of each um on, each on fashion police. Yeah, on fashion police. Okay. And then they just, you know, they rant and they rave and they talk about their clothes and they talk about their hair and they say, you know, this is a really great look or this is t- bad and you know, she should have chosen another look or whatever. So they put Zendaya's picture up there. I of wonder course. though if she thought about it before she said it or was Obviously she just not. going she wouldn't have said it at all, actually. I totally hit the lock talk. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, she she totally would not have said it. What she did. Yeah, because yeah, she's wrong. I think she was just firing off at the mouth. And not in a mean way. I think, you know, they get in this... This uh, this whole rhythm of how they're say they're critiquing things and saying things, so it's just what came into her brain. Right. But it might be good for them to go back and really think about what it is that they say before they just start flying off at yeah, the mouth. They, they just rant basically. Like but, someone said it really well on, um, I think it was on the View, and they were like, "Man, it's just a bunch of women and men sitting around talking about people. Like that's exactly what they do. They just talk about people all day, every day, and they talk about what they like about them, what they don't like about it, which is kind of like." you know sometimes that's a good space to be in because you don't have any filter like you can just pretty much say what you want to but what happens like is that, us like us yeah 
But what happens is in situations like that, then you say the wrong thing, and now you have all this backlash. So that's like the whole natural hair community, you know, all of the locks. And I mainly I black people. Locks. Yeah, mainly black people. <laughs> um, it, but you know what? What's so crazy is that black people are not the only one that wear locks. So You're it's right. kind of like one of those things that it's a blanket. You know, of course it originated through the African American culture, yeah. but it's not and just. Maybe, it's and just maybe some else. some maybe some African American people who are not accustomed to wearing that hair their hair that way either they might have thought of her comment is just comical like everybody else you know yeah but i don't think everybody else thought it's comical yeah i think people were offended by it. i mean i was offended and i don't even have locks but it's it was a, just the point of you it's a stereotype I that's know. exactly what she did she just pretty much clustered all people that wear locks and even with natural hair like yeah let's just say that she's talking about natural hair period and then she made a comment saying that it was just the bohemian chic look and i'm like stop oh. it juliana that doesn't make it any better. So she did an apology and she said that she learned a lot from this situation, which hopefully she just learned the history of what she was talking about because she was obviously really ignorant about <laughs> She didn't fact. know. Yeah. She didn't know what she was so saying. I, I had just had to say that because it just really, you know, it affected me kind of a little bit. I think it hit you pretty deep. It, it hit me a little bit. <laughs> it really, really. Okay, so let's talk about who we have on the show today. So we have some really f- uh, fantastic people on our show today. First up, uh, in our religiosity section, we have Edwin Robinson from Concord Church. Concord. Hey, Concord in the house. We grow people. Hashtag. Let's go. <laughs> I love their billboards. Have you been to Concord Church before? I have. I, have. I like yeah, Concord. Yeah, I like actually. Concord. I like what they're doing. They feel like yeah. they're doing. It feels like they're doing real stuff. You yeah. know. And we're gonna talk about their real stuff because I really want to know what real things they're doing when you when we talk about social change and kind of how they're you know spearheading that change Me too. in the church i told them we wouldn't beat them up too bad so no, not too bad <laughs> just come prepared no i'm just kidding <laughs> guns are blazing so for us yeah we have edwin robinson from concord church and then in our second half once we get into local life we have darius anthony robinson hey, hey darius. darius oh look at we us just, just simpatico that was nice. So uh, Darius just launched a new business um, called Upper East Side Events. The interesting thing about Darius is that he is an actor. He's a yeah. DFW-based actor. He's done the New York thing. He's done regional. He's been all over the place. But for some reason here recently, he's been really inspired to to change and do his own thing. Yeah, so, that's really great. Yeah. That's really important, too, to do your own thing. That's really the only time that you're going to stand out is when you're doing your own thing. Right. Especially yeah, for... Important performers you know as a performer it's easy to get locked into uh, you know i gotta fulfill my artistic purpose right and we forget about other passions that we might have and so he's tapped into something else that he's really interested in and he's really good at and he's launched a new business that's really cool and then we're going to be talking to d scott who is um he's originally from atlanta but he just recently atl atl yeah in the house Um, he just recently moved back to not back but moved to dallas and so we're going to be talking to him he actually performed at the medicine man's revival I'm sorry, the Medicine Man's Traveling Revival on this past Sunday at RBC. And he was fantastic. And so um, I just wanted to bring him on. He has a new album that's out called Masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been listening to it and it's really great. I really enjoy it. Listen, I'm a little bitter that I missed uh, some of the show this Sunday. It was amazing. And what's really crazy about it, shout out to everybody that came out to the show on Sunday because it was raining. It was halfway sleeping. We didn't know if it was going to snow. Oh, where the yeah, sun was gonna like come the, out by the time i got out of the show into my car like my car was frozen like i had to like 
bullet and Shut your it. face. Yeah, it was literally, it was ice on the roads. And people were still there. Ex- you know, it was like one of the best um, turnouts that we've had. And this is our first fourth time doing it. So, so. tell us real fast. we got to go to a break yeah, in a second. Do. But tell us about this whole medicine man thing. And, you know, I know it yeah. changes over. This time you guys did like a black light thing. Yeah, we did the black light theme. And it's really like, it's a different theme every single um, every single time. It, it happens every third Sunday of every month. What is it? It's a concert? It's a concert, yeah. Okay. And so what it does is it highlights specifically local artists. Um, it just gives them a stage and a platform. And it's spearheaded from the Root Project. And the Root Project is basically an initiative to uh, grow artists from the grassroots level. Right on. Yeah, man. That's so, dope. Yeah, I know, right? Shout Who out came to up Key with Young. that? Key Young came up with that. Hey, idea. Key. So shout out to Key. We play some of his music on the show, too. But yeah, We're I mean, actually addicted really, to his music on the show. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> seriously. Um, and he has some new music coming out. So I'm very excited uh, to hear all of that new music from you, bro. And we'll definitely be playing that and having him on the show when he releases it. Great. But anyway, um, yeah, it happens every Thursday Sunday. So you guys make sure that you come to the next one. It was a great. Let me tell you something. Tell me. Like this performance specifically from every every artist was fantastic. Um, but there was a, a specific portion of the show that stood out which was Maddie Michelle she literally got painted on stage um she was doing um the what what song was that? I don't know Jasmine I wasn't Sullivan. there she was Jasmine, Jasmine Sullivan, Sullivan song. who we're also doing. addicted to right yeah, now yeah we're totally addicted to her as well um but she did a song and she had like all white on yeah and so she had a guy that came up and like painted her while she was on stage like, her clothes it was so Dope. We've so, said dope four times no, in the past. It was really, really dope. Two minutes. Yeah, it was. It was really like. I think that means it was dope. It was passionate. <laughs> you could tell that it was like she was really feeling this. Awesome, like, man. That, this feels great. Awesome. <laughs> so, and you can check some of the footage out on my personal page, Esther Calloway or E Calloway Man. We'll put some on the live chat page. Yeah, we'll do. Okay, so we're gonna play a little bit of music, and then when we come back, we will be talking, uh, talking to, to Edwin. Yeah, Edwin from Concord. All right, let's shout out. Uh, we're gonna play some D'Angelo.
Hey everybody, welcome back to Live Chat Radio. This is Esther talking right now. <laughs> Just Esther, in case they didn't know. <laughs> I think we've identified your voice. Really? So, yeah. Is it different? Is different yeah. from yours? Okay, make sure that everyone can I went back know. and listened to us. Um, <laughs> and the first thing I noted about me was that I was loud. Yeah, so. and somebody just texted me like, Felicia is so I can't loud. even help myself. But it wasn't listen, you. Guys, I think that your volume listen, was guys, really high. This is my whisper <laughs> voice. <laughs> Don't whisper, please. I'm going to need you to. We can just kind of bring you down a little bit. Yeah, adjust it I got over you. there. Don't make me adjust it in my life. <laughs> That's you don't, I don't think you know how to be quiet. That's complicated. At all. Thank you, Esther. You're welcome. I oh, that was a compliment. It. I think I'm it was a backhanded was. one. No, 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 it was. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some. Uh, we have a very special guest not in some, our. Just not one. Some, just one right person. now. We have a very special guest in the studio um, this morning, Mr. Edwin Robinson. What's Yay, up, Edwin? Here's my applause. Talk right into the mic, oh, just right so everyone. Yes. Right here. You okay. Hopefully, me. everyone can hear you. Let me Boom. keep talking. You hear me? Uh, I can. I can hear you. Great. He's not as loud as I am. So you are the uh, the young adult and singles pastor, right? At Concord. At Concord Church. Awesome. Hey, Concord. That's what we say. And I love it. Yeah. Hashtag we grow people. Hit us up at Concord Dallas every day, all day. Um, But no, no, really. Um, (laughs) But no, Uplift. I saw Young Adult and Singles Ministry. And I love I love all those guys and gals. Um, So if y'all listening, big shout out. Y'all yeah, big shout out. I actually have uh, one of my best friends goes to Concord, Alicia Jones, and oh, she, yeah, and so she put on you our just page. Dope again. I think yeah, you owe us a dollar every time. <laughs> <laughs> she put on our page, like, man, he is the truth. So, very excited to have you in the studio cool, today. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us. So, we're talking about social change. Um, I don't know if you heard kind of the, the first part. We were just talking about um, how important it is and how people are really ut- utilizing their platforms. Um, right now to initiate social change in so many different areas, right, Felicia? Like Absolutely. Um, and we started off talking about the Oscars. Yes. Which did, did you happen to catch any of the Oscars or any of those amazing speeches that we mentioned at the beginning of the show? You know, with the way social media is, you can't can't miss um, when something hyperbolic, as you said, as you would say, hyperbolic. <laughs> yeah. So um, definitely caught uh, some of those great speeches from uh, Patricia Arquette, uh, Common, yeah. John Legend. Um, a man who won uh, for the imitation game screenplay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting how a social change is seems to be the um, the uh, um, I don't know niche thing to do, the cool thing to do right I now. I guess it's cool. I, I would say it's the cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think it. people are just utilizing again their platforms to just kind of speak whatever's on their mind because yeah. they have so many people listening to them. Yeah. So tell us what's on your mind. So tell us about. First of all, we're, we're talking about social change. So what do you think social change means exactly in your perspective? Um, the word itself, you know, is, is one of those words that is pretty self-explanatory. Um, I think people have hijacked it to mean uh, different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so social change um, doesn't necessarily mean that um, you and your family um, having a better life. Um, if you and your family have a better life, but uh, the rest of the society uh, sucks, yeah, uh, then you're not doing social change that's uh, just individualism um, wrapped in the idea of social change. That's yeah, fascinating. That is. Um, so I, I think social change uh, means that you live a life um, um, that is committed to the betterment of the entire society, even if it means your own detriment. 
Wow. That's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I quit. (laughs) Even if it means your own detriment. So when you say that it's basically changing a whole society, where does the church stand in at the forefront of that social change? Like what is the church doing to actually initiate any type of social change within the community and society? Um, Well, I guess I have to, I I apologize. I have to pick the question apart just a little bit. Go ahead. um, Only because um, a lot of times we speak about the church in Mm. an extremely broad uh, context. And unfortunately, um, I can't, neither can um, anyone else um, who either writes a tweet, posts, preaches a sermon, makes an offhanded comment. No one can speak on behalf of the whole church. That's true. Um, It's just not possible. Uh, There's so many churches with so many different political, social, um, ideological views and and, and context. Uh, So for any of us to make blanket statements about the church, always, um, it's never good. It's never Mm -hmm. good. Um, So I can That was very safe of you. That was. Uh, Well, well, I think it's just, it's just true. (laughs) It Um, is true. I I can hear that. We get in trouble, you know, if I would say, well, this is what the church should be doing. And then um, someone, and if I say no church is doing, and then someone says, well, my church is, and that turns into the whole thing. Um, But I, I would say where I, where I, what I believe God wants for the church mm-hmm. it broadly. Um, I believe that God wants the church uh, to to simply be the beacon of light and the beacon of hope and community. The, the, the reality is, um, Jesus says this, you know, Jesus makes a statement, the poor will have with us always, right? That doesn't mean that we should um, do things to maintain poor people. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. What Jesus is really saying is that the reality is that there will always be poor people. And therefore, uh, society is set up in a way that there will always be poor people. Um, politics are set up in a way that there will always be poor people. Um, communities are set up in a way that there will always be poor people. And so it then um, he says that the church is the light of the world. So then it, it, it re- what it really means is the church has to realize that there will always be social problems and um, politics isn't going to fix that. Um, it, it, it is the responsibility of the church to fix that. And, and I would say this, um, my It's opinion, the responsibility of the church to fix that? Definitely. Wholeheartedly? I, wholeheartedly, Nobody 100%. else's? It's the church's responsibility? Um, I wouldn't say no one else's, but I would definitely say it is the church's responsibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, um, I, I wouldn't say, yeah, I, I would never go so far as to say it's no one else's. All right. Um, yeah. But definitely. But it's the start of the, the church. It's the church's responsibility. Yeah. And, and to this point, um, if you're at a church and they're not doing it, then you're not at a church. Wow. Ooh, say that again. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm serious. If you're at a church and they're not and they're not working in the community, they're not doing social change, uh, they're not putting themselves out there in a way that could cause them harm by doing social change, you're not at a church. And so how do you what does social change look like from the quote unquote church's perspective? Like how do you even initiate that? Where do where where do we start as a body? I think churches um to some degree, some churches, not all of them, but some churches um, and just communities of faith more broadly um, have gotten away from kind of the original um, context. Um, and I think that that, that has, not, has more to do with where we've moved societally. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and when I say gotten away, churches are really supposed to be about the community that they're really in. Right. Um, the fact that, you know, we now have cars and you know, we got highway systems and all these things, right? Yeah. Um, we can, you know, we can live in Frisco and go to a church in South Dallas. You know what I mean? Right. Um, what so, do you think about that? 
Um, I, I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I think what, what becomes a problem is when the church forgets that its responsibility is to the community that it's actually in. Right. Um, if um, our churches uh, would uh, focus more on the, the communities that they find themselves in mm-hmm. um, um, intentionally, I think that we can make a big difference. Um, yeah. How active of a plight is that? Like, I don't. I I see now more of an upward trend of congregations being more intentionally involved in community life. But I don't think that that has necessarily been the case prior to the last five years necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I think that in some communities that's true. Um, I think that um, there's still a, a number of churches who they built their church on the on the context of helping the community that they were in and they continue to do that. Sure. Um, But I do agree that um, there in you five years is, is generous. Um, I think there has been a long um, standing of uh, people creating churches and then kind of looking for what's the big splash. Um, Let me, you know, um, while we do need to send more missionaries overseas, um, but in, but there's also missionary work to be done at home. Um, and I know that's a cute thing to say, um, but it's just it's but it's still true. Yeah, it's very um, true. Um, but um, so I think that um, let's let's just take for example, you know, Concord Church in Concord Church, Antioch Fellowship, uh, um, all of um, the churches of Southern yes, Dallas County. Yes. <laughs> um, and so if you drive down like Wheatland, um, oh. you drive down Camp Wisdom, Hampton, you drive Hampton, you're driving that little there are stretch a billion of, there's, churches. There's almost there's over 20 churches, right? That's with, weird. Within a five mile radius. Um, Large um, churches. Huge churches, yeah. over 5000 members. Right. Um, but unfortunately, that's still one of the one of the, what just driving in that area it seems like the gospel is not there economically, socially. Um, and I think that that has to do with um, people forgetting that the church is not a Walmart or McDonald's. Like we're not competing against each other. But right. We're working together. Right. right. Okay. Keep going. Speak to that. So <laughs> because that's probably one of my greatest church I'm talking about church life frustrations, uh, especially being a, a preacher's kid, you know. Right, I've, me too, PK, stand up. Hey, PKs, hey. The whole room. <laughs> the whole room is PKs. Thank you <laughs> very much. The whole room with very interesting uh, personalities and opinions. Yes. Um, so I think that is so fascinating that there are so many congregations in that area, very concentrated area, and it seems like there is a disparity of life, which seems opposite of what it should be if the church is there and there's life there and there are things happening exactly. right. so um so what do we do is there something that can actively be done do we think as do you, do we think that the churches there are actually doing something to impact change is it the people like what what can we do preacher uh, sir um I, well i'll <laughs> say i'll say this i'm i'm happy i'm so happy to come in here and be able to say that things are being done okay yeah. um i would that would be like I would walk out of here so sad if I was like, man, I don't even know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I give up. That would be so sad. Um, I, that would hurt my heart. But actually. the reality is things are being done. Um, I just got a chance to meet with my pastor, Pastor Carter, and we talked about, um, I talked about some of the things that I was trying to do in the community as related to unity. And uh, he quickly shared with me that, um, you know, the pastor, pastors are gathering. 
um, right now in that area. Okay. Um, and they've um, identified five areas um, that they want to work on together corporately um, in the community. So um, the first, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't think it's a hierarchy, so I'm just going to try to rattle them off. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank um, you for that preface. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, uh, so they're talking about uh, prisoner reentry and kind of the prison industrial complex. Great. Right. Uh -huh. um, so the whole mass incarceration situation. Okay. Um, their uh, education is okay. a big piece. DISD. We all know um, the major issues that they're having there and other ISDs in this area. Right. Um, and then housing um, is another major thing. Um, right. Trying to figure out the whole housing situation. Gentrification. Gentrification and, you know, gentrification is a word we like to use a lot. But uh, Dallas is an interesting area um, that there's so much land and so much space. Um, gentrification does happen in Dallas, but current areas in Dallas aren't really being gentrified because okay. you kind of have mm. to have a large population of people to gentrify. Got it. Um, and so really That's what's a fair definition. Yeah. It is. For that education. Thank you for um, that information. Yeah. Really what's happening is um, people... There's just empty, like South Dallas, right? Right. So people think South Dallas is going to be gentrified. Well, that's not going to happen, namely because there's just not enough people there. Right. It's a whole lot of space, a whole lot of empty lots, a whole lot of empty space. And really what we need is young professionals like us who are willing to be Go. pioneers. Right. Absolutely. Um, and not be so concerned about getting a house with a gated community that it may not be broken into or there may not be a homeless person that sure. walks down my street. Sure. But moving into those neighborhoods and changing them from the ground up. Right. So that later in the future they don't get gentrified sure i love um, it so so i think that's a major thing um so what i say prisoner reentry education housing mm -hmm. um uh political um what's the word i'm trying to get, make sure i get the words correctly uh, okay. political accountability um and huh. so it's basically um you know holding politicians accountable um to the community um, right if you said this is your platform or Unfortunately, in Dallas, a lot of people get elected with no platform at all. Yeah. Um, and so giving people a platform and right. then holding them accountable for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what is the fifth one? Oh, um, um, economic development. Um, you know, of course, that that's big. That's you know, really big. Uh, change the economics. You can change a community. Absolutely. Um, and so the, so those are the five things that some of the larger churches in the area are coming together on. And not only that, um, I just had a meeting um, the week last week last week, I think, uh, with um, young adult pastors and le ministry leaders um, in this area. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're working together to figure out how do we work together for community change, yeah. um, not how do we swap you know, members at events. Right. Um, how do we together work together and target um, um, making community change? Man, so things this are is happening. Me this so happy. Oh my goodness. These are all, this is all, these are all things that I'm very passionate about. Just by the way, if you're just now tuning in, we are talking with Edwin Robinson from Concord Church. And if you have an opinion and you want to call in, shout yeah. out that call in number. Um, it is 972-591-8272. Again, 972-591-8272. And you can call in and actually ask some questions. Um, yeah, we get really wrapped up in the conversation. I know. We, we forget totally to forget to. <laughs> we always forget We're to learning, say Esther. the number. We are learning. We're learning. Um, my aunt told me, like, make sure that y'all give the number. Shout out to <laughs> Aunt Rosie. I love <laughs> hey, you so much. Um, but yeah, so so th these are really interesting. And first of all, again, it just makes my heart happy to know that work is being done. Yeah. Um, because and it seems like really in intelligent work. 
Not yeah, I mean, it, for the sake of it's, it's strategic, yeah. right? Yeah. Because in order to really, and I was watching uh, Selma um, a couple of days ago. And I know, right? Come on. And and one of the main things that really stood out to me was the plan of action that they had. And in order to really make an impact, you have to have a plan. You just can't go out there all willy-nilly and think you're going to make. Don't be willy-nilly. Don't be willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and thinking that you're going to really make an impactful change because it doesn't work like that. You yeah. have to have people with the same like mind. So you're saying that the pastors are coming together. You said that the youth and the, the single pastors are coming together yeah. and really trying to figure out a plan. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think, um, you know, even with that, I'm, and I'm glad you brought up Selma. One of the things that I love about the movie Selma is, uh, first of all, it's, it's probably uh, the most realistic depiction of um, a civil rights um, period or event right. that we've ever had on that large of a scale cinematographer. Cinematographically, that's a hard uh, one. That was a hard you one. Right? You did it. I got it. Out. Came out with it. Yeah, that's like seven syllables. Yeah, I don't know if it's a word, um, but hey, um, you did it. I it sounds like one. Added a suffix. I'm alright. <laughs> um, but um, I think one of the things that it showed was that the movement is not pretty, um, and, and not only yeah. that, that that there's that it's not kumbaya. No. In other words, everybody don't get along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have different opinions, different strategies. You seem like you have focuses. a lot of opinions. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of have to, right, in this line of work. You do, um, actually. But um, but everyone has different opinions, different strategies, different focuses. Um, but um, as long as we can keep the main thing the main thing, All um, right, then. I think I think that we can Ooh. be okay. Like we can we can disagree on how it needs to get done. Um, as long as at the end of the day, we're trying to get the same thing accomplished. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, we need we needed Malcolm X just like we needed King. We needed Angela Davis, you know, just like we needed Ella Baker. Yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna have they to were all necessary. Google Ella yeah. Baker. Yeah, oh, they were all necessary. education on me right must there. Need, must need Ella Baker. Ella Baker, Mark, M, uh, MLK quoted, was quoted in saying, there is no speaker that I want to stand up behind um, um no, he said, I'll stand up behind any speaker except Ella Baker. All right. Well, she was the probably the most dynamic figure of the civil rights movement. Huh. Um, but because I'm writing her, that down. Google that. And, and I'll say this because <laughs> of her gender. Um, she was not raised to the position that she should have been. Also, because of her philosophy was not to have a uh, single iconic leader, uh, but for it to be a um, a um, kind of decentralized movement uh, with no single leader. Why? Because you can kill a king. Figuratively and absolutely, literally, literally and yeah. figuratively. That's very true. That was and good. And this is exactly what happened. I feel like my wow. brain just expanded a little bit. <laughs> you guys are learning. You're getting knowledge right now on yeah. live chat radio. This is fantastic. So tell us about. Um, I know we just talked about the the Black DFW matters. Tell me about yeah. that movement, that initiative that's going on right now. Man, um, Justin Adu. Oh, shout out to Justin Adu. He's out in Fort Worth. Um, this dude is awesome. He is a um, artist uh, to the stars, um, just a really great guy. But I mean, literally, so he shoots me a, a text message and asked me for my oh, a, a email and asked me for my um, no, it was a text, excuse me, and asked me for my email address. And then shoots me this long email about, hey, man, you know, Black History Month is coming up. And, you know, I just really want to highlight some of the, you know, young black professionals in Dallas, you know, yeah. that are right in the DFW, excuse me, that are doing things and doing amazing things. You know what I mean? Um, and at the end, he said, and I want to highlight you. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was because the whole time I'm like, yo, this is a great idea. Yeah. This is so dope. Right. There's so much going on. It, it really needs to be highlighted. 
And so I ended up being day one. And so for 28 days, um, Justin is highlighting uh, one black young professional in the Dallas uh, DFW Metroplex. Wow. That's um, great, man. That he feels like he's doing some great things. I mean, he sat down with us all, interviewed us all. Um, and I don't know this guy. You I have feel to like know. I should. Justin Adu, he's amazing. If you don't know him, know him. Know him. Know okay. him, yeah. I was looking at some of his stuff. A D U. I just tried that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Uh, uh, go to his page. Yeah, okay. go to Edwin's page. Yeah, go, go to my go to Edwin's page. page or something like that. You'll find it. Okay. Um, but um, but yeah, he's amazing. Um, and so basically, he, like I said, he's just highlighting uh, black professionals, young black professionals in this area that are um, doing amazing things uh, with their lives and trying to impact the community. Um, so he took all of our pictures with a disposable camera. <laughs> I um, loved so it. If you, so if you've seen any of the pictures yes. on my Facebook page or his uh, Instagram or anything like that, all those pictures he. Did with a disposable camera. When I That's when brilliant. I looked at the flyers yeah. for each day, because again, if you if you're really interested in it, go to Edwin's page. It's Edwin Robinson, um, and he's been sharing every day um, that you know through the Dallas DFW Matters Black. What is it? Thank you. Black Black DFW Matters. So he's been sharing it every day on his page. Um, So make sure that you go check it out. But when I looked at the flyers, it was really organic. Like it seemed really, really organic. So to say that he took the pictures in the disposable camera. Makes total sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Thank you very much. So, so, um, Again, make sure that you go check out all of your social media. So where can they find you, Edwin? Uh, you can find me at Uplift underscore Edwin um, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then just Edwin Robinson on Facebook. Nothing fancy. You have a really regular name. I, you, know, you do. I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Um, you're, you're not a regular person, though. Oh, you're, you're very intriguing. He I said dope that. like 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I wanted to um, shout out um, a dude. I'm trying to... F- um, his it's a do a do a d u a d u that's his um, Facebook. Um, that's why I couldn't find it. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, and then hashtag Black DFW Matters. If you look up that hashtag on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, you should be able to find any of the pictures and the information for the show. Um, so he's, there's going to be a um, art exhibit on Wednesday, March fourth, um, at six thirty p.m. Um, it's going to be at the Texas Theater, 231 West Jefferson Boulevard. Um, it's going to be really dope. There's going to be artists. There's going to be food. Um, it's black and white chic. Um, what does that ooh, mean? I'm that, going. That means that means we're going to go. Felicia. That means wear black and white and look amazing. All right then. Um, and so yeah, black and white chic. Um, and so yeah, it's just, it's going to be it's going to be pretty awesome. You said March the fourth. March fourth at the Texas Theater. At the Texas Theater. Okay, so make sure you guys um, come out on March the fourth at the Texas Theater, and that's for Black DFW Matters. Yes. Edwin, thank you so much for yeah. coming on our show, man. You were. Very, very great. You were very informative as oh, well. So we really, really appreciate it. Thank you, ladies, for having me. Um, I'm so glad that y'all are doing this here in the city. I promise I'm about to shout y'all out every day. Shout us out. That's what I'm um, talking but about. This is amazing. These ladies are amazing. Um, this work is amazing. And I'll and uh, like Patricia Arquette and my man who won the imitation game. We and, gotta find his name. And uh, <laughs> he's like the guy that um, won. <laughs> He because he was a screenwriter, right? So yeah. They, so people don't know his name as much. Um, I have it. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Silence falls over the so, room. Graham Moore. Graham, Graham Moore. Moore. There so you go. Patricia Arquette, Graham Moore, John Legend, um, and Common. Um, they basically said, um, all three of them together said, humanity matters. Yes. It's not, um, um, we need to fight for the rights of our women. We need to fight for the rights of um, those who um, may be different than us. We need to fight for the rights of um, blacks, Latinos, Hispanics. We need to fight for the rights of our, um, and I'm going to say this on national radio, and I'm 
we need to fight for the rights of our LGBT community. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we need to fight for this is very good. We need to fight for the rights of um, humanity because humanity matters. Totally. Uh, you <coughs> I'm so glad that you said that because it's, there's one thing that I wanted to make sure that I at least talked about a little while. Um, the fact that you all have are trying to put emphasis on all kinds of social issues as opposed to you know, just categorizing the things that the church is known for categorizing as it pertains to like right-wing conservative Christians, right. we get lumped into, oh, all they care about is abortion and anti-gay, this, that, and the other. We get clumped into that. And that's not awesome. No, not <laughs> at all. I think that's one of, that was one of my biggest kind of frustrations that I heard coming out of the Oscars. Kind of the, some of the commentary that I heard spoke to the fact that um, – conservative Christians, you know, we were really adamant about seeing what's the what's the movie where the guy kills people? American oh, Sniper. American Sniper, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. where the, that's kind of where we as conservative Christians flocked and then everything else just wasn't important. Like a, wasn't important right. to us. And yeah. so, um that's one of the other reasons why I wanted to bring some light to paying attention to all social social issues, um whether it be the LGBT community, whether it be Whatever, whatever, black lives, yeah. whatever. We have to, especially as the church, like we have to pay attention to all people, and we have to focus on what the Lord has called us to do. And that's complicated, you know. Yeah. I think we make it more complicated than it needs well, to be. I mean, it's about the, the ethic needs to be an ethic of love, right? We talk about King's ethic of love all the time, but unfortunately, the church gets known for what we hate, not for what we love. Mm. Wow. Um, and so, you know, if you look up the church, or you look up um, the church is, or something like that in Google, you'll find all all the stuff that the church is against, mm -hmm. um, not what the church stands for, and so and, and it's our, and it's our fault. It, I'm not putting I'm not putting anybody out there, but myself and everybody else who's a part of the church. It's yeah. our fault. Um, we need to start talking about the things that we love, not the things that we are that, not the things that we are against. Um, and then we can't talk about the things that we love in juxtaposition to the things that we are against. Right. We just simply have to talk about the love that we have um, and the love that we have for humanity. Um, we want to talk about what we call issues of sin, and I'm not taken away from that. Um, but unfortunately, um, the Bible, not unfortunately, fortunately, the Bible says um, that love uh, casts out. Amen. Um, and so I don't, I don't need to bring light to sin. I need to bring light to love. Amen. Right. Absolutely. Amen. Man, that's so good. It Amen. Is so good. I started reading this book, this last thing called the misreading, uh, misreading scripture with Western eyes, removing cultural blinders to better understanding the Bible. That is an um, awesome book. Mm. I need it. That is my, that is the thesis of my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening to it now. I'm addicted to it. Uh, I'm on chapter four right now. So if you are curious about what is right and what is wrong and how we look at things and how the way our culture influences our beliefs, um, check that book out, Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes. Let's get out of a black and white culture. Let's start seeing the yin and the yang. There are shades of gray, and that's not sin. Oh, I love oh. it. Man, that was great. Okay, so we're going to, on that note, <laughs> we're going to go and play some music. So um, we're going to be listening to Nathan Myers, I Wish You Would, which I think is really appropriate right, right uh, for this. So you guys enjoy this song. I wish you would take the time to look around and realize what's really going down. Really going down. 
Tired of the same old fitness routine? Bored by the workout classes that just don't have any soul? Then you've got to check out JC Fitness in DeSoto. Listen, the trainers at JC Fitness will keep you moving and shaking so much that you won't even know that you're working out. From Zumba to hip hop, JC Fitness offers a wide range of classes to keep you moving until you shake off all of those extra pounds for the ladies and the gentlemen. So check them out at jcfitness.info or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at jcfitness.tx and make sure you tell them that the ladies of Life Chat Radio sent you. Blessed is the heart that survives Having to fight To stay alive I help you and all I can give This we must suffer
Everybody, welcome back to Live Chat Radio. Um, you were just listening to Key Young pray. We love that song. To that song, <laughs> yeah, we really. It sounded like that. <laughs> that was my attempt to do a Key Young riff. <laughs> Bro, please don't be offended by her attempt to do yeah. your run. Um, so, man, that was such a great interview with Edwin. I that was. We enjoyed really? it so much that he wouldn't leave the studio. I know. We, like, talked, like, five <laughs> minutes after the interview just on some more stuff. But that's just really um, motivating to know that the community is coming together and actually making change. And yeah. not just the community, but the church community. It felt real. Like, it felt like they're doing actual, real, actual things as opposed to, hey, got to make that change. Let's yeah. go feed these people a chicken today. <laughs> Okay, Felicia. You know, sometimes because when you go to the food drives, they give you a rotisserie chicken. Just a whole chicken. They give you a whole chicken and like a can of corn and green beans and be like, God bless you. God bless you, daughter. Sister. Go in peace. Go in love. Like, really? But these are like really like <laughs> these are, they're really focusing on some really key things. So, so they're talking about pri- prisoner sorry. reentry, which Give me a <laughs> he's so crazy. They're talking about prisoner okay. reentry, and um and that kind of focuses on what John Legend was talking about at the yeah. Oscars, right? So just basically allowing them or giving them an opportunity to to get reinvolved into the community That's when they come out. Yeah, it is. That's going to be a lengthy conversation. I've worked with a couple of prison ministries. Um, and, and those men struggle so much trying to get back into the community. But what happens is that they go out, try to find a job, can't get no job. They go back to their old habits and they end right back up exactly. in prison. So exactly. it's just an ugly cycle. Yeah. So from, from prisoner reentry to, to education, to housing, of course I was taking notes. Cause that's hey, what I do. Smart. Um, education, housing, political accountability and economic development. Like those five things right there will change, like literally change this community. So I'm very, very excited. I want to be a part of it. So I told them like whatever they, you know, have going on, they need to let us know. Don't play with me because I will. <laughs> I, I will pick you just it. Just fired up, uh, Juliana for having talking about Don't, that girl. Do not dreadlocks. play with me, honey, because well, I will. I, I will straight pick case. it up. Something. I'm actually. I'm not going to even put this business on blast. You know what? Yes, I am going to put this oh, business on blast. Oh no! Somebody give her a chicken. Make, <laughs> this is this is actually a chicken place. <laughs> I'm totally putting them on blast because they totally made me sick and my whole family sick. Oh, the chicken no. house on Polk, <gasps> and I went up there and like you know I told them like man this food is terrible. Like I'm gonna need you to to do something about it and then he gave me like all of these runarounds and I literally said I was gonna go pick at his <laughs> his <laughs> business I was so serious about that because they use old business. grease 
And then it, it was like the the catfish that's wasn't nasty. really catfish. That's I was nasty. like, see, this is too much. That's so nasty. I just want to put nasty. them on blast real quick. If you guys How did you get are to that? going, because oh, you were talking about picketing. Yeah, picketing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And that's how it works. So I was anyway. <laughs> I just went off like totally off. (laughs) I just ran it. So, but I'm back now. So we're talking about social change. Welcome to Life Chat Radio again. Um, And we have another special guest in the studio today. Yeah. So Um, today, you want me to do? Go ahead. Yeah, you got it. He's already cracking up over here. He is because he's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Darius, and your laugh. Hey, Darius. Uh, So we have, (laughs) and he makes funny sounds. That wasn't his actual voice. That was his one of his many voices that maybe you'll hear throughout the course of the show. He's hilarious. Um, so he's. I do do voices a lot. They're good See? voices. I was last night, and I was doing some random Marvin the Martian. Awesome. And I just like started having conversation. Great, See? just Excellent. like that. And he just laughs. Like that. That's awesome. Thanks. Oh, we got to say who it is. So this is Darius Anthony Robinson. He is a local DFW-based um, actor. Yes. And dancer and choreographer. and He's just a ball of talent. He's a ball of talent. Why not, Why not a ball of talent? Why? Yeah. Why not? He also just started a new business called Upper East Side Events. So welcome, Darius Anthony Hi, Robinson. Thank you. Darius, make sure you talk inside the microphone oh, so that sure your mommy can hear you. There you go. My, hey, hi, mom. mom. She's listening to it in her earbuds as she's in class right now. Hey, Mom. Thanks Hi, for mom. tuning in. <laughs> thanks Welcome. for not paying attention <laughs> in class. Welcome to Live Chat Radio, Mom. Um, Hi. So, Darius, tell us about yourself. Tell us about who you are, what you do, and we'll start there. What I, Who I am and what I do. Um, well, I am a uh, singer-dancer actor. Um, I uh, have the wonderful fortune of uh getting to work a lot in the uh dfw and around the country yeah um yeah that yeah. sounds amazing around the country I mean, you know it's nice because i like to keep my lights on and i also like to shop so that's, <laughs> that's very <laughs> that's very <laughs> important those bills, but, um and um i just you know decided to uh take a little leap in 2015 and start a business i've been thinking about for a while and uh kind of w- was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, l- I love drinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love well, going to events. Way to be honest. And I, I mean, it's Cheers. Real. <laughs> Cheers, amen. <laughs> um, but I was like, what can I do to fuse all of this together and actually kind of work for myself? Um, and uh, my best friend Danny and I were kind of talking one day and, you know, you know, back in the day when I was a New York kid, I was trying to be in the social scene all the time. Yeah. And then got to Dallas and was trying to be in the social scene. So I was like, you know what? I know the social scene. Yeah, I am the social I scene, am. honey. My name I is Darius Anthony Robinson. Yes. You're welcome. Yeah, but I was So tell us about the business. coming out of my mouth. Like Darius Anthony Robinson. So tell us about the business that you decided to kind of venture um, out and do. We are an event planning company. We do social events um, through uh, throughout each month. Um, just a way for pe- uh, different people um, who are in different sectors of uh, performing or socialites. Um, they get to just come together for an evening, mingle, talk to people they have never really uh, met before. It's a really nice kind of mixer to have yeah um because i get to meet different people that i've never met before which is always nice and hear exactly what they do i've just recently met a chef 
who's like this amazing chef from like Europe and he's the coolest person ever. And yeah, you, I'm sure you get a chance to meet a lot of cool people in that. Yeah, like, it's really, it's, I mean, being on the side of not working it was always nice. But then mm -hmm. as you grow up, you're like, uh, uh, how much liquor can I put in my body? Right. Well. On a Sunday morning. But you know what? I tested it out. <laughs> <laughs> you like, I actually know the answer I to that question. the answer to that question. <laughs> When the homeless dude starts looking like a prospect, you know, wait a minute, right way now. too much. You don't have a job. <laughs> you're you're not. No, I should not be looking at you like that. Oh man, this, this shouldn't even be. You know what? I got a possibility. Go I should drink some water. I gotta have some water. I gotta yeah. hydrate and an Advil, please. Thank you very much. Maybe five. So, Maybe five. As a, like as an older adult, it's very nice to be on the working side of these events and get yeah. a chance to actually put all of my knowledge of um, planning because I used to do wedding planning um, to put and it was like a temp job it was on yeah. the side right um, it's nice to put all of my knowledge that I've gained from that and put it to the aspect of something that's really fun yeah and actually putting people together um, and you know having a really good fun night yeah, yeah. Um, and actually getting to talk to different people um, I I'm a uh, store manager at Zumos down in Shout Bishop out to Zumos. Hey, Zumos. Shop in Bishop Arts. Your voice just got so deep there. Girl, because it's still morning time. Just wait. You <laughs> give me that Zumos. good old one o'clock. I'll be back to my soprano register. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing an event at Zumos, actually. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Switch, we're very excited about that. In. I know. I'm mm -hmm. so excited. Yeah. <laughs> so that event, good. Listen, that transition. That segue. That was Come on, Segway. You did it. That was a I great do. dance move right. too. I'm oh, he was doing a I'm, he I was doing I was a dance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no one sees you. No, no one, one can you. see you right now. So the event that we're doing, Art Life, is happening at Zumo's Pop Up Shop in Bishop Arts on March the twenty third. And the very cool thing about Art Life is that it merges kind of everything that we're talking about, which seems like a super smorgasbord, but we're gonna make it make sense for you right now. So um, Darius is an artiste. Singer, dancer, choreographer, yes. person. I sing in one part of my livelihood <laughs> or the other. I know it's not always. Evidence. No one, no one even knows that. That's so crazy because they don't know that you are actually a performer. That's what that's you do. The performers in my life know that I'm a performer. Right. But sometimes we forget. Sometimes, yeah, because sometimes yeah. I audition and sometimes I don't. Because mother, then we go, oh, oh, I love your baby. She is so precious. Oh, do you <laughs> sing songs too? Like, yeah, yeah. That's right. And you, you perform. You, yeah. You got a right. degree. What'd you, you say? Got a degree and everything. <laughs> Golly, I forgot. You're pretty good. Right, that pretty much. Was, that girl is good. They, they don't even know it. That's, then that's the follow-up. They, they should book you. Should book you. You should sing. <laughs> like, happens. actually, I do. Uh, right. Okay, backwards. So, I do that sometimes. Right. Esther actually is a singer, too. Don't let her fool you. She sings Police. alto and sometimes tenor, occasionally bass. But she is yeah, also... I'm more comfortable in that tenor bass. She's right there in that she's, tenor bass. Esther is in, into artist management. So, we've got all of these artsy things going on but the really interesting thing about us is that we are also very practical and that we do not expect the world to revolve around us maybe Darius he's got a mirror on his coffee cup oh, oh she called oh, me she out did on the radio, yes but it's yes real. keep calm and I love it I love it though right actually here. it's good so but you know artists have a tendency to think that I gotta do my art because I gotta be true to my art and if I'm not right. doing my art and going to New York and going to L.A. and being on tour, then I'm not doing my art. And so right. <laughs> I'm not being true to myself. Yeah, you're not being true. 
my artistic Which self, is totally right? opposite, right? I know, and we forget, like, we don't tap into the other things that we might be good at if we explore ourselves a little bit deeper. That's, like, the best thing about self-exploration, too. As you get older, you find out what you want to do, what your Mm -hmm. dream is, and then there are new dreams that seem to happen. My mother always used to say, okay, so what happens after Broadway? Like, what happens when you get to Broadway? Then what's next? Yeah. And nobody ever stops to think about that, especially a a lot of actors that I've come in contact with. They go, oh, Broadway, is that's the end all. But it's like, if you book a show, that's a year contract. Maybe two if you're lucky. What happens after the two years is up? You know, and then are like, you tired? Yeah, like, then what? And you know, and I'm like, us dancers, we ha- our bodies have a shelf life. God forbid mm-hmm. anything happens, my leg shall know what I'm gonna do. Yeah, right. I got a voice to rely on, and I can sit down and choreograph yeah. something. Right, then, wave you know, around my cane, wave around this cane. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of like then, then what else? There should be something else that actually brings me really good joy besides what I've been focused on my whole my life whole right life, which is so nice to step back and look at because the dream is still there my dream of you know chasing the Broadway stage and chasing London West End and doing all of that stuff is still there right but now it's so nice to have this other sector where I'm like okay so my dream is that I can have a humongous office building a high-rise where I can run this event company mm. and make sure that all artists you know can have these wonderful events that they can come to and actually that start... seems so practical Darius it does you know it's yeah like, and it starts off small I'm not trying to think of some you know big grand idea now it's kind of like I want to work to that yeah and it'll be nice right now because different people get to mix back when I was younger when I was much younger and I was just getting into the theater scene well I was a child back then, but yeah. when I was a young adult and I came back from New York, um, the way to actually submerge yourself into theater, it wasn't the auditions. That was only like a fourth of how you got there. It was actually being around all these people, going to these different, you know. Um, building relationships. Right, meeting these, people. Building yes. relationships. Yeah. And people actually were like, I love working. I love being around this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's talented too. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that's good for, that's a good, that's good advice for artists. That's good advice for entrepreneurs. Absolutely. That's good advice for even people who work corporate who want to get further. We have the tendency to just lock, landlock ourselves into you know, one specific what, thing. One specific right. thing or what's right in front of us. And we don't get out yeah. and network. We don't get out and meet people. And we don't think outside of the realm of what we are doing right now. And the, the sector of where we are. You know, nobody in, you know, musical theater ever thinks to go out and expand in the um, artistic community, the visual arts community. Yes. Yeah. And they don't think to go and explore in the dance community. And the dancer community doesn't think to go out and explore into the singer community until it's they're very asked, true. Which is why I'm really excited about your event, um, March 23rd. March 23rd. <laughs> it's the most pop-up shop. It's the most pop-up shop. Plug segue. <laughs> um, because it will bring different artists together so yeah. that they can talk. Yeah. Um, and that they can have an open dialogue of like, well, you know, what is it that you're working on now? Is, right. You know, and they're like, oh, I'm doing this, and I could really use this big, humongous painting behind us. I've yeah. been thinking about it. I don't know where to do it. And right. Yeah. You know, they go, oh, I'm an artiste. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, let me sketch your, let me sketch your background. <laughs> And the point is, like, even for the event, <laughs> to, the, the point is to really get people together um, and utilize our gifts and talents for me and Felicia to really try to brainstorm and figure out how we can help them, yeah. you know, expand their and, artists and work on their and work on collaborations as well. You right. know, I think that's 
that's a really good comparison even to our first segment. We were talking about the church working together and these different congregations coming together to work for something larger. The same should be the case in the arts community. I think we have right. to be so much more intentional about doing things together. Um, we have a responsibility, kind of a social responsibility in ourselves to use what it is that we've been given. Absolutely. To even impact these things that are going on societally. We saw a beautiful uh, demonstration again of that at the Oscars where these artists, you know, these artists who have collaborated and worked together have taken their platform and utilized it as an opportunity to advance a cause. Yes. And so by the same token, what how beautiful could the things be if we would start to work together using the artistic yeah. gifts that we have to really make an impact in our community? That's like the Wasn't that thing. deep? It that was, was deep. That was pretty good. I know. I didn't even dig very You did hard that. For it, was it. Like, it was very Ayala Vanzette. It was, actually. <laughs> you need to tweet that. <laughs> I can't even remember what I said. I went on a coffee rant just then. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's a it is something to strive for is to bring um, to bring a unity to these different artists to the different artist groups um, that especially reside in DFW and we have such a vibrant we community got, we got yeah. a huge community I was taught me and Felicia were having lunch and I was like it wasn't more than two two years ago, I guess it was that um, I it might have been the New York Post or um, Huffington Post. Uh, somebody posted it. Facebook post. <laughs> Miscellaneous <laughs> post. Miscellaneous <laughs> post. Uh, but somebody had put out a post that basically said that Dallas Fort Worth was the largest underground artistic community. Really? And it's not underground. People don't know. Like my New York friends and family, they're like, oh yeah, Texas, cowboy boots. I mean, I'm wearing cowboy boots on. <laughs> they're but, cute. Thank y'all. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty but, dope. you know they're like cowboy boots and you know well, they have land. no idea they have no idea that there are more than 23 theater companies here there are more there was more than 15 dance companies wow. and studios 15 around. yeah girl wow it used to be that way but you know people don't support those arts well they don't think mm. that it exists i don't even yet. think they know and about you, it and every time and which is so sad because you know as a dancer as well you go into a studio you go back the next week it's gone yeah mm. You know what? You're right. So, brings up a huge question. And as a marketing person, I wonder. I don't have the answer to this, but I think it would start. In, it would start up an interesting conversation. We started talking about this a couple of weeks ago. How do you engage the populace, the community, with? the arts community like how do you engage the community at large with the arts community i feel like the arts community has kind of an idea of the stuff that's going on and then you have people who flock to like uh new york and broadway mm. and stuff to go and support the arts. Right. so you know that they appreciate it and buy into it but how do you tell the general populace that this stuff exists and it is vibrant and good and credible yeah, yeah, which is crazy. It, that is the biggest thing: is how do you how do you tell somebody that before they see it? You know, mm -hmm. um, it's so hard to have like a good standing faith, especially in the arts. Yeah, you know, benefactors say, "I want to see it. I want to see the work that you put forward." Right. You gotta 
but pay those people. Yeah, but we have to pay those people to put it out there. To put it out there, and Kevin Moriarty at Dallas Theater Center is doing an amazing job yeah. of bringing New York talent here. Yes, so that people can se- can see that the New York talent is just as good and as stands the on the same stage mm. as you know the talent in DFW yeah. that lives here and resides here. Yeah, and we have so many great people who you know New York is not the you know not where they want to be. And that's okay. They're yeah. here, but they're still going up there to do work. Right. Liz Michael, who is an amazing singer actress, she resides stays so in, busy. She was she stays so busy, and she resides in Dallas, and she goes and flies to New York, and she goes to Philadelphia, and she goes to everywhere to do this work, and comes back, yeah. and still honors the community by being in a Dallas uh, Dallas Theater Center production, and that's so great to actually have the give back. Because then people go, oh, they look at the playbill and they say, oh, she's got a whole bunch of credit. Friday Night Lights. And she lives here. And she lives here. Yeah. What is this community? And then they start investing and wanting to research more about the theater community. Right. It's so, it's strange though how, how many people don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But they're submerged in the arts. They, and they just don't know that this is what we're bringing. Like. We've worked 20 plus years to make this happen, to make this happen, Mm -hmm. to see theaters Mm -hmm. come up and then to see theaters close just on the chance that the next generation that comes up can stand on a bigger stage mm-hmm. and be treated as a New York caliber actor, even if they don't feel like traveling to New York. To That's going to be me because I'm not going. Yeah, You're not going to New York. I don't even, you know what? I used to when I was younger, you know, that was the thing. You go to New York. And even pre-Zoe, my five-year-old, I was still conflicted about it. And now, even if I didn't have Zoe, I got to tell you, I would, I don't know. It, I yeah, don't know. I have a ton of friends that are up there that are doing it, that travel, that do the whole thing. And shout out to them. They are doing amazing things. I don't know if I'm cut out for that kind of lifestyle. You like, well, you And you, you made a, a comment about people not wanting to go to New York like versus staying in Dallas mm-hmm. specifically. So I know you went to New York and then you came back. What's the difference? There are a few times. I've yeah. been to New York and came <laughs> back, went to New York with a car. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big deal. That's a real big yeah. deal. Rest in peace, my baby car. She's gone. <laughs> She's like, I can't even deal with you anymore. Yeah, you're doing too much. You're doing way too much. Doing the most. Yeah. Um, I, the difference about New York is that you, I mean, I, because I'm a Dallasite and I'm a New Yorker. Right. The The difference is that in New York, you feel the push mm-hmm. to, to do it. To just be that working actor, to struggle, right? Like you feel the push to struggle because every actor where they saw in, is in do- New York is, is doing it, working, but they are also struggling. And if they ain't struggling, you lying to yourself. Mm. Yeah, you need to pick up a chicken soup for the soul <laughs> and get some truth <laughs> in your life. You are struggling, honey. But you hear me? True. Every even the actors that are of uh, amazing Broadway, you know, caliber and and credibility that have all of these things, they still have to go job to job to job. They have to yeah. do TV films, uh, TV and films. They have to do like print work yeah. to make ends meet. We hustle. And New York is about the hustle. No matter what job you're in, you go to New York and you just hustle. Okay. Um, but you I have mean, to I be like cool. hustling. I can't, well, I can't be nobody's but, leader. Yeah, but New York is different. You got to be like, you got to have the stomach for the struggle and the hustle. Yes. It's not just hustling. It's struggling and hustling. Yeah. Like, At the same time. I'm going to work two jobs. 
to make sure my lights stay on and to make sure I got food. But like New York is, is like I got to work two jobs plus I got to go to this audition plus I got to work a night shift plus I got to take a dance plus class plus I got to take a dance class and I got a voice lesson. Yeah, and it's so competitive. And it's you walk into you know the audition room and there's 200 people that look exactly like you. Wow. My last audition I went in and I walked into the room and I was like, oh hello me. <laughs> Hello, How are you? Good to see you. Good Again. To see me. We look good today. Not you version. <laughs> me, actually. Like me, I look good. Yeah. That's so crazy. But it is. It's a hustle and a struggle as opposed to here. It's a hustle. You know, mm-hmm. we hustle for the next job and we hustle for the next audition. And that's a good feeling because you work and you work and you work. I When I moved back from New York the first time, I got here and started doing shows and five years later i looked up and i was like oh i'm still here mm-hmm. and i have not taken a break yeah yeah because i was doing i was going you from, stay busy i stay busy you go from show to show and then you're rehearsing one at one point i was doing i was rehearsing one show in the daytime doing a show at night during the weekends choreographing a show so it is possible oh it's definitely possible yeah you know and those who are built for it can make it happen, make it happen. those who it is a struggle. Right, it's a total struggle. <laughs> Darius, thank you so much for coming on to Live Chat. We really appreciate it, man. So tell us, tell everybody how they can find you. Um, you can find me um, on my Instagram at the Darius Anthony, um, or you can, if you're looking for Zumos to get more info about um, uh, Live Chat's new event that's coming up on Art March Life. the 23rd, Art Life, um, you can follow us at at Zumos Pop Up Shop. Um, and then you can also um, look on Facebook at Upper East Side Events. Right, Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, so we are actually going to go to a break really quick. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to D. Scott and talking about his new album. So hold tight and we'll be right back.
ways Still I find it hard to say I trust you Even though I know it's not my place To the God that made the heaven, earth, and space I need you Help me make sense of all this pain I'm encouraged by the testimony of those that overcame But my heart aches for the single mom that's trying to maintain She probably not able, she got that cane in her veins It's like we build mountains with our own hands And then we get mad at you cause we don't understand That it was us that strayed away but still you had a plan To bring us back within your fold and keep us in your hand I know these mountains you give us is only meant to take us higher But we love the valley so we pursue our own desires It's a crying shame what we do to numb the pain When there's power in your name they hear the sick and hear the lame It's like we fight against you like you ain't out here fighting for us And all these trials and tribulations giving the help grow it's hard I know it is especially when you're scared of heights And every time you turn around it's like you got another fight So I pray the words will speak a food to curb the appetite And when the morning comes I hope you're there so we can share the light Until then I'll be sipping from the fountain You found me on the rough side of the mountain I'm gone
Welcome back to Live Chat Radio. You were just listening to Maddie Michelle, new single, New Love. Um, I so can't thank you. Stand that song. Just <laughs> oh, kidding. lies, lies you tell. Lies you tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's my sissy right there. So make sure that you guys go download her um, her song. It's available on iTunes and all of that good stuff. Um, so we have a very another very special guest. All of They're our guests are special. special. I know they really are. Um, but we have another special guest that's on the phone right now. D Scott, are you there? Hey, how y'all doing? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so you're on live chat radio. So thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. And um, I wanted to just kind of introduce you to all of our listeners um, that may not know who you are. So tell them a little bit about yourself. Like we know that you're originally from Atlanta and you're currently in Dallas. So um, give them a little history about you. Uh, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, um, to a preacher and a teacher. Uh, so a very likely story for a musician. Did you say a um, preacher and a teacher? A preacher and a teacher, a honey. Preacher oh, and a teacher. So preachers' kids today. Everybody that's been in our studio today has been preachers' has been kids. Preacher's kid. Yeah. You, our last Darius, um, the first Robin. And my name is Darius, so that's funny. And yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> I know. What an ironic day. Okay, carry on with Go your ahead. story. Um, so my father is a pastor and my mother is a school teacher and they both are musicians. So they, they really fostered a, a sense of discovery in our household, um, both in the spiritual and in the artistic. So, um, I just kind of ran with that, um, and kind of carried it through my life and, I do other artistic things and music, um, like graphic design and photography and all of that. But 
I mainly do music. That's really cool. So tell me, I know that you are recently uh, new to Dallas. You've been here for how long? I've been in Dallas for now eight months. Eight months. Coming You're a newbie. Yeah. Welcome. So what do you what do you think about Dallas? What do you think about the music scene here, and how does it differ from Atlanta? Um, it's it's interesting. Uh, there's there's a lot of very talented musicians in Atlanta. Um, for me, I just feel like the scene's a little crowded and uh, sometimes uh, not as welcoming. And I can say that pretty openly because there's a lot of artists in Atlanta that understand exactly where I'm coming from. Wow. Atlanta is growing really, really rapidly uh, due to the film industry moving there, and there's quite a few, you know, studios and production houses that are, you know, world-renowned and famous, um, and it's just, it's a little, it's a little saturated there. So what I like about Dallas is that I, I still feel a sense of a music community in Dallas. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love most about it, the fact that, like, I can go to a show and know everyone in the room and be able to approach them um, and have conversations and, like, then go to another show the next weekend and some of the same people will be there. Um, so I, I really feel like there's a community of support here in Dallas for musicians, and there's a slew of amazing talent here in Dallas and I'm just lucky to be in the number. I totally agree with you, especially when you talk about the the closeness of our music community here, because someone mm -hmm. knows somebody that knows somebody. Right. So you're so right when you go to a show, specifically the show on Sunday, and we were talking about this a little earlier um, on the show about the, the Medicine Man's Traveling Revival that you got a chance to perform at, which you were fantastic. Um, thank you so much for being on that show. But it was, it was a really cool experience because, again, you did have people there that you already know, and then there were some people that you did know that were able to be exposed to your music. Right. Um, about the masterpiece. So I know that you just came out with an album. And is it? Is, did you just come out with it, or when? Did, when was masterpiece released? Um, it it officially released uh, November twenty eighth, twenty fourteen. So right. it's it's still a pretty new project. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoy the project. And to all of the listeners, make sure that you go and cop this record. It's really, really dope. Hey, it's I called Masterpiece. I haven't downloaded it yet, but yeah. I listened to the boy Riff on Instagram <laughs> a few times this morning. It's really good. We're <laughs> going to be playing some of your music um, immediately after this interview, just so our listeners can kind of fill you out. But it's really fantastic. And I'm I'm kind of like a, um, a stickler when it comes to musicians and artists and no, music in not, general. You are not kind of a stickler. You are a stickler. <laughs> I'm a stickler. Okay. Okay, okay, I'm a stickler. Um, and, but I was really, really impressed. And not only that, but it's, do you consider your music to be gospel or is it more message driven? Like if you wanted to put yourself in, in a specific type of category, what would it be? Um, if I had to put myself in a category, which I'm not a fan of. Um, yeah, me either. I, I mean, it's definitely gospel music. Like categorized on iTunes, it's gospel music because, I mean, the category itself requires using God's name in the music. So, I mean, it's definitely not an R&B album, but on, on the flip side, I would say it's kind of like alternative message music. Um, it's definitely gospel. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that category at right. all. I think um, it's just, it just sounds a little different. Like if you were to search gospel in, 
iTunes and you found my album and it will probably be sitting next to someone else's album that sounded totally different, but we share the same category, if yeah. you know what I mean. Right, absolutely. And when I listen to it, it gives me, it, it definitely has like a little uh, R&B undertone. Like it, I still feel um, very R&B when I listen to it, but it still has that message that's very prominent in your music. I, I have to say, um, I came, originally I came from the gospel world, being that my father is a pastor. And, you just can't let go um, of it, can you? What did you say? I said you just can't let go of it, can you? No, I I can't. Um, but I did have a moment in my life about six or seven years where I just wasn't doing any gospel music. I wasn't very interested in the the church at large, um, just because I, there was just a lot of questions that I had that I weren't that I wasn't getting the answers to, um, as far as my faith and my belief systems, mm-hmm. and uh, it really took moving to New York and working out in, in L.A. to uh, kind of get back to the root of it all, which I understand very clearly that I wouldn't have a gift without a giver. And right on. It, um, so I feel like my music has to reflect the giver, not, not necessarily the gift. What, what I think the problem is in the music industry is that a lot of people are afraid to tell people who the giver is. Yeah, that's and very good. We, we, we trick our audience into believing that it's us with these creative ideas and it's us with these, you know, super vocal powers. But really, if we really pull back the covers, you understand that there that there's a giver. And mm-hmm. I, I really feel like my my music kind of gives a nod back to the giver. I think that's my main primary focus with my music. Even when I'm working on other people's music, like, I, I'm very... Uh, uh, cognizant of the fact that my gifts and my opportunities don't necessarily come from anything of my own creation, but from the creator himself. Amen. So. Amen to that. I totally agree with that. It's all about recognizing the source and your source yeah. and everyone's source is God. Like every idea that comes, all of the songs, every the great good song, and perfect gift comes. Oh, come on. Here. Uh, See, there you go, that PK coming out of all of us. This is so ridiculous. Um, uh-huh. So when I was reading your bio, D, you were talking about um, that the primary goal is to really make people hear God differently through your music. And yeah. so I think you talked a little bit about that, but like, how are you really doing that with with your music and with your writing, um, with your writing style as well as how are you trying to, you know, be a voice for your generation? And, and when I say your generation, I'm talking about mine as well, because how old are you, D, Scott? I'm 23. You're 23. So this is like the millennial. You're so young. We're all in in the 30s over here. Um, But you're talking about the millennial generation. Did you share my age? I didn't share specifically, but you are in your 30s. Okay. Um, (laughs) Don't be afraid of it. So, you know, we were talking about talking about the millennial generation and you said something really key um, a few minutes ago about you taking basically a a five to seven year hiatus from church because of your frustration and your lack of the answers that you were getting. Right. And so at this point, with your new album being entitled Masterpiece, like, again, how did you get back to that point of saying, "Okay, God, I I understand. I know exactly where I am and this is how I'm going to communicate that with the masses. Um, I think it took a lot of uh, conversation with God and really changing up how I speak to him and also how 
I hear him. Um, because before, it, prayer for me was regurgitating what I had heard mm. my whole life. Yeah. yeah, and prayer didn't really prayer didn't really become real for me until I actually had something to pray for. You know, like yeah, when I found that I had a real problem, not just one of those surface problems that you know we might plead the blood of Jesus against, but like I really had questions and I didn't have any answers, and so my my prayer life changed in, in that. I started reading the word a lot differently. I, yeah. Any of my any of my close friends will tell you that like I literally take God's word like literally. Like I don't really try to make it super figurative. I don't mm-hmm. really try to make it like uh, nebulous or anything. I really read it and try to get the meat off of it because wow. that's the that's the food. Um. And for me, I think that's how I got back to this point, where I stopped looking to a pastor to save me or make me feel better. And, you know, and and I'm so comfortable talking about this because my father is a pastor, and even with him, he'll tell you that I went five to seven years without even asking him to pray for me. Wow. So, you know, and this is my dad, and I talk to him daily, but, you know, I needed time to discover God for, for myself. So when, right when I say I want people to hear God differently, I want them to hear God how they want to hear him or how they need him. I, I don't feel like we should be um, a generation of regurgitators um, just speaking back what we've heard for so long, you know? Yeah, and I feel like that, good. for me, that was the primary problem that I had with the church is that I felt like we were always on like a rotating schedule where this is the time where we pray. This is the time yeah. where we worship. You'll only see Instagram post about a God on Sunday. Mm. You know, like that's what I wanted to get away from. So it took getting away from, you know, church. I mean, I went to undergrad and never stepped foot in a church for four years. And then three years after that, I didn't step foot into a church until I was done with grad school. So it's just, you know, I just, I needed that time away. Yeah. Yeah, And even with that time, it sounds like you're saying it's about relationship. Like you have to kind of be in a relationship with God. And like, I, I can totally agree with that because growing up in church, you know, after it was all said and done and after I kind of came into my own, that was the number one thing that, it was important to me was how do I create this relationship with God to where I'm not necessarily serving the same God that my father is serving or my mom is serving, but I know him for myself. Yeah. I mean, he's personal to me. And so I think that that's really key. And that kind of goes into one of the songs that um, is on your album. And we're going to play that after we finish talking to you, but the name of the song is called clones. And so talk to me a little bit about where the title came from and where the concept of the song came from. Um, I can tell you exactly what, it, like, from start to finish, what it was. I was in my studio in Atlanta um, watching, well, the MTV Movie Awards were on, and they were kind of watching me as I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tuned in for a moment, and I watched just kind of, like, how, you know, everything was was operating within the show. And I was like, it looks like, to me, kind of robotic. And I don't know if 
I was just on something that day, like not feeling it, like just out of whack because I was tired from working in the studio and singing and all that stuff. But I kept watching it and it was like very clear to me that the the cycle was very repetitive. And I remember sitting down at the piano and the first line I got in the entire song was, I don't want to be one of those clones that only warms up when I sing my song. And I, I want to be a light all the time. Right on. And I feel like a lot of what I saw in that moment was just, when they called your name, the light came on. Mm-hmm. But not when the camera was, you know, rolling by on B-roll. I didn't see a light. I didn't see I didn't see the star that we're looking at, you know, daily and looking up to and tweeting about and Instagramming about. I didn't see those stars sitting in the audience. I saw a bunch of dim lights. Mm-hmm. And then when they called their names, the lights came on or when it was time to accept an award or when it was time to perform. And I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the same Darius or D. Scott as some people know me as. When we're not on stage, I want to be him. When we're on stage, I want to be him. If we're praying, I still want to be him because the same guy that prays should also be the same guy that you see walking around in the supermarket. Yeah. Um, that That's the Darius I want to be. And it was, it was really just a, the song is a reminder to myself. I didn't really write it for anybody else. I'm glad that, you know, it, it touches other people and, they, and it's a constant reminder to other people. I get texted about it all the time. But it's really a reminder to myself. Whenever I feel myself getting into, like, a, a rotation or, or living, you know, in monotony, I listen to that song because it really reminds me to kind of straighten up and fly right. Straighten you know, up because and fly right. <laughs> I just don't want I don't want people to perceive me as someone who's not bright all the time. Yeah. Right. Like I never never do I want, you know, anyone to be able to say, you know what, that Darius, when he's not on stage, he's a he's a mean somebody. Yeah, he's, he's a totally different person. Arrogant somebody. I don't want that. And I feel like I know way too many people in the industry that are like that. Yeah. Um right. and I'm lucky to know them and on a personal level where I could pick up the phone and call them and it's all love. But I do hear stories about the same person that shows me all this love that they don't show the same love to other people. Yeah, and quite honestly, I've begun to eliminate, you know, some of those people out of my life because I don't need fake people around me. And Mm -hmm. I'm real about it. I'm like, I tell everybody, I, I try to keep it 100 all the time. I, I don't need fake people around me. I don't need people that, you know, provide pleasantries just because I'm in the room. I don't need it. Give yeah. me real, give me raw, give me criticism, give me, you know, I oh, need good. that. Well, you're hanging out with the right people. That's how, that's how we do we all of that. <laughs> right. We give all the criticism, actually. <laughs> just yeah, I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Dee, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about your new record. How can people stay connected to you and find you? Um, you can connect with me on Instagram, D Scott Music, and it's M U S I K. Um, as well as on Twitter, D Scott Music and U S I K. Um, I'm there. I'm 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 usually pretty active on there so and i like to you know keep updates on like what's going on if i'm recording all this cool stuff so it's cool to follow i also have a really cool sneaker collection so if you like 
sneakers. That's on my Instagram too. I, yeah, I tend to post right a lot there. of shoes. People want me to post more like things that I'm actually doing, not walking places. But I'm I'm trying to get better <laughs> at it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Make sure that you guys go download his new um, album, Masterpieces, on all this, the iTunes and Google Play and Amazon MP3. And um, we're actually going to close our show today. We're playing your song, Clones. So we hope you guys oh, enjoy it. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to Live Chat Radio. And tune in next week. We'll be back next Thursday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Yeah. Felicia? You can check the, um, check the recast tonight at 10 p.m. PM from twelve. Wait, what am I trying 10, to say? Ten PM 10 to twelve AM. Twelve AM. Yeah, it reverses at nighttime. <laughs> exactly, because <laughs> it's at night. Um, so thank you guys for listening and here. Listen to D Scott clones. LA is a burning town, population zero, and it's looking for a hero to start a fire. Talents run off to the valley, we give our dreams to the valley, and we never park to recognize, we don't try. If there's a savior out there. Can you see us down here? Can you tell us apart if we all look the same? If there's a God out there, can you build your house down here? Give us back identity, give us back our name. And I choose you, cause I don't want to be one of them clones. That only warms up when I sing my song That only illuminates when the lights come on I don't want to be one of them clones Manhattan is a flooding town No joke intended And everybody wants to be a winner Looking all the same And Wall Street's looking for currency Brooklyn's trying to fill a vacancy And somewhere on the beach God is laughing at me Cause I don't know my name But there's a God out there And He sees us down here And He knows our hearts And loves us all the same And God, I know you're out there So I'll help you build a house down here Cause you gave me identity Gave me my name And I choose you Cause I don't wanna be one of them clones That only warms up when I sing my song That only illuminates when the lights come on Them clouds Here's my song, yeah Retune the notes if I sing it wrong
wrong Cause I don't wanna be one of them clones And if you're on the keys, it's the number one song Even if I have to sing along Are you tired of the same old fitness routine? Bored by the workout classes that just don't have any soul? Then you've got to check out JC Fitness in DeSoto. Listen, the trainers at JC Fitness will keep you moving and shaking so much that you won't even know that you're working out. From Zumba to hip-hop, JC Fitness offers a wide range of classes to keep you moving until you shake off all of those extra pounds for the ladies and the gentlemen. So check them out at jcfitness.info or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at jcfitness.tx and make sure you tell them that the ladies of Life Chat Radio sent you. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Although them again we will never, never, never trust. <laughs> them not know what them do. They go to yai while I'm sticking like glue.
What do you think? It just happened, like things just be going on, and then like 24 7 you think about the girl and stuff like that. And then you like, if you do something wrong, you're like, oh, does she hate you? Like, you want to know what they think. Like so, what, what she feels, oh, what she feels is important to you. Right. Huh? Yeah. Why? Because I want to still love me, but you know. But see, but I know she still like me because you know a little eye contact at anyone. Cause I don't want no more, but JB, and this is Jazz and Stuff. I host a program right here at the After Party Radio each and every